Today's New Testament reading is the second epistle to the Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready, as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated, to say nothing of you, for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you, and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, He has distributed freely, He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Sean Linnell. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, no matter who you are, your background or situation, I think I can safely say that your favorite, most beloved, and cherished part of any worship service is when they take the offering. Man, don't you just love that feeling you get when a plate full of money is handed to you and you're expected to add to it and then hand it to someone else? I always wonder what's in those envelopes, but they go by too fast for me to get a good look. Now, if you can't tell by now, I'm being a bit facetious. I'm not actually terribly fond of the way we do offering, and I understand why we do it that way and why we take it during the worship service. I just can't help but feeling like There's a bit of a spectacle to the whole thing, and most definitely, this is a result of my sinful nature. I suppose that, even as a pastor, I struggle to be a a cheerful giver. As we read from 2 Corinthians, that was sort of the catchphrase, Lord loves a cheerful giver. I mean, it's not that I tithe or give begrudgingly, but I, I wouldn't describe the experience as cheerful or joyful. 
Now, there was one Christmas. I remember a family that was really struggling, and I facilitated a, a sponsorship and a, an adoption for them. And that was joyful, to hand them food and clothing and presents, and yes, money, to, to see the gratitude and wonder that someone who doesn't even know them would love them like that. That was cheerful, joyful, and I wasn't even the giver. Paul wrote to the church in Rome and said that he was sending the brethren ahead of him to help collect and facilitate this offering for Jerusalem. And that when he sends this brethren to prepare that gift, you know, it's not a whole lot different than why we take the offering during the worship service. I mean, sure, we pay for the lights and the building and we pay our church workers out of that, but we're also preparing in advance to support missionaries, uh, the work of the synod, and to fund charities for those in need. It's sometimes hard for me to remember when on Sunday morning it feels like I'm just kind of throwing money into a, in a, into a basket, but, but you know what? All together, we are preparing to use our collective gifts to do something exciting, to help our neighbor in need. And when I keep that in mind, it becomes easier for me to give fully and cheerfully. When I forget that, well, sometimes I might even neglect those givings, and then, like Paul warned, it can feel like an extraction or even be a humiliation because we weren't able to help those in need, and I definitely contributed to that failure. You know, God, He doesn't need our gifts, our tithes, our offerings, or anything. I mean, as the psalmist says, the cattle on a thousand hills is his, right? But we don't buy God's forgiveness, favor, or indulgence with our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings. God doesn't need them, but our neighbor does. And lots of people, even in our own neighborhood, even in our own congregations, and you can't always tell who by looking, you know, God has given us all that we need to support this body in life. And he has purchased and won us, not with gold or silver, but with the holy precious blood of his most innocent son and his suffering and death. Not only this, but we have the promise of life everlasting, resurrected in the body where sin and death are no more. Because God has given us all of these things freely by grace and is pleased to do so through Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, let us also, by the power of the Holy Spirit, prepare and give cheerfully, joyfully, as a distinct privilege, whether by the tithe we put in the plate, the time and talents we offer in service, the items we provide as gifts, or the prayers we offer in perfect trust and faith. How cheerful a task that we might love one another by these things, through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. And the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep our hearts and our minds cheerfully in Christ Jesus, now and always. Amen.